What's happening, everybody? Happy Memorial Day. I hope, of course, we all get a chance to sit down as we're having that ice-cold beer and remember what this day is all about, and that is uh, those men and women who gave it all on behalf of our freedoms in this country that we appreciate and admittedly take for granted far too often. So I hope you have a great Memorial Day, and we appreciate you joining us here on Heartland College Sports. I'm Pete Mundo. We cover the entire Big 12 Conference, independent media outlet. We've been working and operating for, geez, almost a decade now. We're now reaching millions of Big 12 and, you know, college football, college basketball fans, for that matter, on a monthly basis. So thanks for joining us. So Joel Klatt started a great conversation here in recent days on his show on YouTube. And and Joel Klatt, I believe, um, is, geez, I, I think he's the best at what he does. I genuinely believe that Joel Klatt is the best college football analyst out there. I'm a big fan of his. Um, met him at a couple of Big 12 media days very briefly. He's done some interviews for this podcast before the show before. I'm just a big fan of the guy. Um, and he started a really interesting conversation that took off um, because I was watching the show and I just wrote a little piece about it. And, and I obviously went back to credit the guy for it. But the conversation was around whether or not uh, the future of conference realignment ultimately could include teams being dropped from conferences. Now, it's a fascinating conversation to have because we all know this. Conferences have the haves and the have-nots. Every conference you can go through, the SEC, look at Vanderbilt, look at Missouri, look at Mississippi State. Those teams, if they were by themselves, would not make SEC money, right? They're just not worth what's going to be close to $80 million a year when all is said and done. Alabama, yes. Florida, yes. Georgia, yes. Texas and OU, when they join, yes. A lot of teams know they're not going to be worth that kind of money. Go to the Big Ten. Rutgers, not going to be worth Big Ten money eventually. I mean, I would say they're not right now. Uh, you know, you could go through every Power Five conference and find those teams that are just simply not worth the kind of money that these TV networks are going to pay for the product, right? Go out west. Cal, Oregon State, Washington State, not going to be worth that kind of money. So we can play this game all day long, but Joel Klatt's point was kind of like what we have when it comes to our tax system. I think it's something like 10% of the country pays 90% of the taxes and 90% of the country pays 10% of the taxes. I might be off a little bit, but I do uh, news talk radio by day here in Kansas City. So I go through those numbers a lot, but I do know this, the top 1% in this country pay 50% of the taxes. So Joel Klatt's point was to make a similar comparison in saying, hey, the SEC is going to make all this money for all these schools because of the top tier in the conference. The Big Ten is going to make all this money for all these schools because of Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State, not because of Rutgers, for example, right? That's just how it goes. So his thought and his point was, I could foresee a day when conference realignment could include dropping teams, where basically the SEC votes out. It's like a survivor. We're voting somebody off the island. <laughs> um, could that day eventually come? Could that be something that we eventually see in college sports? I think it's a really fascinating conversation to have, but if there's a saving grace for why it won't happen, it's because somebody's got to lose.
right? I mean, let's just talk um, SEC football for sake of conversation here. Alabama is going to sit there and say, Georgia is going to sit there and say, when OU and Texas come in, they're going to sit there and say, we got to beat somebody. Like, we need to be able to win some games. We can't just beat the living daylights out of each other and not have a couple of teams on the schedule that we feel better about. Not that, you know, any of the schools I mentioned can't win a game here or there. Missouri, Mississippi State, whoever you want to put into that category, they can win a game. But let's be honest, um, it's, it's not as likely for them to beat a team like a Georgia. It's just not. But the fact that those other schools may say, we need to beat somebody. We have to have somebody on the schedule that we feel good about getting some wins against. That may ultimately save them. But remember this. Remember this. While the wins and losses matter, the bottom line of the schools matter even more. And if these top-tier schools in the SEC say, hey, we're going to be making 50 60 $70 million per year per team, but we could make 100 if we dump five schools. You know what? The wins and losses matter to the coaches, and yes, they ultimately matter to the universities as well, but you know what matters a lot more? An extra 20 30 $40 million per year. That matters a heck of a lot more, and that may be the thing that ultimately allows these colleges and these conferences to say, yeah, it's not crazy. It is not crazy to start dropping conferences from uh, dropping schools from conferences if we're talking about tens of millions of dollars more per year in to the bottom line of the top tier schools in the league. I don't think Joel Klatt is going too far here and suggesting that could be something we see one day because college football, because there's no governing body, the NCAA is a joke. It is a free for all. It is an absolute free-for-all. So if you're running the SEC, I mean, the Big 12, and the reason I'm not applying this as much to the Big 12 is because the Big 12, especially when OU and Texas leave, they're going to be um, very even. I mean, that yes, there will be bigger brands, right? The bigger brands, Oklahoma State, Kansas, especially on the basketball side, um, you know, Texas Tech, probably a bigger brand, but the gap between the haves and the have-nots based on brand and the Big 12 is not going to be as crazy as the other Power 5 conferences. It's just, it's just not how the Big 12 is going to be built once OU and Texas leave. But there's this model that's shaping up right now in the ACC, and we're watching this very closely where the ACC is basically saying, hey, we're open to a revenue-sharing model that rewards the team at the top, or the teams, I should say, at the top. The ACC Board of Directors has endorsed a new revenue-sharing model. So the bottom of the league could end up making less money than the top of the league. And I could see a lot of conferences adopting this, because if not, the powers that be in these conferences are going to say, okay, Mississippi State, you don't want to share, or or you you don't think that... um, You deserve less than Georgia? You think that you're on equal footing with Georgia and the SEC? I don't think so. We're going to kick you out of the league. 
unless you accept a new revenue sharing model that benefits the top teams in the conference. I'm not saying it's fair for the sport. I'm not saying it's good for the sport. I'm just saying in a doggy dog cutthroat world of college football and college athletics at large, it's incredibly likely that something like this could end up happening. Incredibly likely. So I, Joel Klatt brought up, I believe, a very valuable conversation that is one that you know we should be watching closely and we should see how it plays out. And um, I don't think it's going to impact the Big 12 anytime soon because of, first off, how united this league appears to be under Brett Yormark's leadership, its future after OU and Texas eventually leave in 2024. But it is something that absolutely, depending on what happens with the ACC, it is something that is worth watching when it comes to the Power Five conferences, maybe just Power Four, depending how the Pac-12 stuff plays out, but certainly the Power Five conferences moving forward. Now, speaking of the Power Five, Power Four conferences, well, how about what's going on with the Pac-12? Still nothing. They don't have a TV deal. They don't appear to be close to having a TV deal. But I thought this was telling. So... Uh, Jim Williams has been a pretty vocal guy on Twitter here over the last few weeks. He is an Emmy-winning producer and director. He is um, also a media consultant. And I would say he's been very pro-Pac-12 staying together. He's not a Pac-12 lackey. He's not a Pac-12 fanboy. He's just been a proponent of the Pac-12 staying together. He's been a proponent of the Power Five. That's what he's been uh, clearly leaning in favor of. He put out a tweet over the weekend saying, quote, I have learned that in April, the Pac-12 hired two sports economists to get a market value of their media rights. The numbers range from a base of about $25.5 to a high point of $34.5 million per year per school. That is what I can tell you. Have a great holiday weekend. That's from Jim Williams. Now, the Big 12 is right in the middle of that at $31 million per team per year. That's going to kick in in 2025 once the realignment stuff takes place, right? So Jim Williams is saying, hey, these two sports economists suggest the Pac-12 is basically worth what the Big 12 is worth on average per team. Now, I don't buy that for a second. It's not to knock Jim. He seems like a fine guy, fine reporter. I have no ill will against him. I'm just disagreeing with the two sports economists. There is nothing that suggests the Pac-12 without USC and UCLA, is worth what the Big 12 is worth. Because if that was true, the deals would be done by now. You know, economists can come to whatever conclusion you want them to come to. Consultants can come to whatever conclusion you want them to come to. That's the problem with consultants in general. You can pay them for the outcome that you want. You can pay them for the outcome that benefits you. That's just, you know how that industry works. And the Pac-12 can hire two sports economists that suggest they're worth what the Pac-12 is worth. But in the end, the marketplace is never wrong. The marketplace is always right. And the marketplace would suggest over the last few weeks and last few months for that matter, that the Pac-12 is not worth what the Big 12 is worth. Because if it were what the, were worth what the Big 12 was worth, they would have a deal done by now. They would have a deal done, and we'd all be moving on from this conversation. 
there would be more, no more conference realignment talk happening right now. The Pac-12 would have a deal, we'd wipe our hands clean, and we'd all move on. But that's not the case. Instead, the Pac-12 appears nowhere closer to a media deal. The Pac-12 does not appear to have a landing spot. Yes, maybe Apple TV is in the mix, but you've also heard conversations that ESPN and the Pac-12 are not really having meaningful conversations as of late for maybe that late night slot, which is really the only slot left that ESPN would need to fill. Um, do they do some linear TV like ESPN and Fox, but then a bunch of you know pay for play, so to speak, on a place like Apple TV? What do they do? No one really knows. And with each passing day, it is better news for the Big 12 when it comes to potential expansion on their end. But I, I see this story like, oh, two economists suggest that the Pac-12 is worth between $25 and $35 million a year. Great. Now show me the money. Show me the goods. As Jerry Maguire would say, show me the money. I mean, th there is no money there. That money is, if that money was there, we'd have a deal by now. We don't have a deal by now. So whatever the sports economists claim, clearly the TV networks who are cutting the checks disagree, and that's all that matters as we have this conversation today. Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Hey, uh, before we continue, I, I'm always showing it to you guys, but you're going to see it on YouTube, and if you're on the podcast, I've got these the new box of Heartland College Sports koozies. All you got to do is leave a rating and review and uh, subscribe to the podcast and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com of your five-star rating and review on iTunes. But you know what? It applies to uh, Spotify as well, so we're allowing that. And just send me a screenshot, Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll hook you up with a new and brand new Heartland College Sports Koozie you can only get by uh, being a part of this show. We don't sell them. We only give them away. It's my way of saying thank you for helping us grow this show because that five-star rating and review helps us tremendously keep growing this show. Uh, let's look at some of the comments right now on YouTube Live. Unless they're valuing minus Oregon and Washington, this probably means that they are already out the door. Referring to the Pac-12 deal, eh. See, there's no way the teams in the Pac-12 without Oregon and Washington are worth that kind of money, 25 to 35 mil a year. You might get me to 25 with Oregon and Washington. Without that, I mean, it's basically the Mountain West. The Pac-12 with, what, Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, Washington State, uh, who am I even forgetting at this point? I, that, that's, that's not 25 to 35 mil a year. No way. I mean, with Oregon and Washington, maybe it's on the low end of that. But clearly, the, the TV networks don't agree, and that's what matters right now. Now, speaking of Colorado and some of those other uh, Pac-12 teams that are potentially eyeing the Big 12, where do we stand with that? Well, Colorado Athletic Director Rick George spoke. Yes, that's right. He spoke to Buff Zone. And here's what he said. Uh, Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports. Thanks for being here. We cover the Big 12, by the way, if you're rolling in on YouTube Live or on the podcast. So he said, quote, we're members of the Pac-12. We're proud members of the Pac-12. And we've got to see where our media rights deal lands and where our conference goes. In a perfect world, we'd love to be in the Pac-12, but we also have to do what's right for Colorado at the end of the day. We'll evaluate things as we move forward. 
You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like to me when um, you're getting ready to dump a girl or she's getting ready to dump you if you're a guy. And uh, they start laying the foundation saying, gosh, you know, in a perfect world, we'd spend our life together. But uh, I've just got to do what's best for me at the end of the day. In a perfect world, I'd marry you and life would be great and we'd have a bunch of kids. But at the end of the day, I got to evaluate things for me. That's what that sounds like from Colorado. Colorado sounds like the boyfriend or girlfriend that is getting ready to dump their significant other. That's what they sound like. That's how I read into that comment. And the fact that the AD is talking to a place like Buff Zone, it reads to me like Rich, Rick George, the AD for Colorado, is laying the foundation for the Buffaloes to bail. That's how I read that quote. Now, I get it. I cover the Big 12, and it'd be good for the Big 12 if Colorado comes home, comes back. I understand all of that. And frankly, I think, there, and I think it's been well reported at this point, there's a lot of people around Colorado that do not want to come back. They think that they are superior to the Big 12. I mean, the Big 12 is a brisket league. Colorado views itself as more of an avocado toast kind of guy. That was true even when it was the Big 8. But you know what? Money talks. And Colorado, to me, has always been a natural fit in this league, despite the fact that there are people around the university who don't want it to be a natural fit. Um, they still are a natural fit. They know this conference. They know this league. OU and Texas are going to be gone. Um, there's going to be a lot of unity around this conference that Colorado never experienced in the old days, right? When you had Texas and A&M and Nebraska and OU and everybody else. I think they'll be welcomed back with open arms, and I think they'll enjoy to like this league a lot because it's not the old Big 8. It's not. I mean, yes, the, the elements are there of the old Big 8, the old Southwest Conference. Yes, but you also have UCF and West Virginia, right, in Cincinnati and BYU. That's what this conference is now. I mean, it's nearly coast to coast, and Colorado is jumping on board with that. And what's going to be very exciting for the Big 12 moving forward if Colorado pulls the plug. But if I'm Pac-12 Commissioner George Kliakov and I'm reading this quote from Rick George, I'm like, oh, oh, crud. Oh, gosh. Oh, oh, he's got one foot out the door because that's what's happening here. Colorado's AD is signaling to his own fan base because he said, he said this to Buff Zone. That's a Colorado website. He said it to Buff Zone saying, yes, in a perfect world, we'd like to stay in the Pac-12, but we also have to do what's right for us. That is a signal. That is a sign clear as day that this thing may be coming to an end and it may be coming to an end sooner rather than later. So I'm watching that very closely because it's not just about what people say when it comes to media. It's about where they say it. It's about who they say it to and how they frame their words. You have to read. It's cliche, but it's true in this case. You've got to read between the lines. And I read between the lines and I see a Colorado AD that knows the writings on the wall and maybe signaling to his own fan base, hang tight. We wish this would have worked out. It's not going to work out. And here's why. And he's also signaling to those who don't want to leave for the Big 12 that, hey, ultimately, 
as much as many of you want to stay in this league, if we want to protect the future of this college, um, this athletic department here at Colorado, we've got to do this. And he's trying to, I think, warm up that part of the fan base at Colorado that may ultimately feel like they don't want to move, even though deep down they know they have to. So uh, we'll be watching this very closely and seeing how it all plays out. And by the way, Colorado uh, made profited over $200,000 from a spring game. <laughs> Thank you, Deion Sanders, who would be a perfect fit. My goodness gracious, just a perfect fit for the Big 12 Conference and Brett Yormark and branding. My goodness, that would be a thing of beauty to watch. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports. Subscribe to the channel. We so appreciate you being here. Remember what Memorial Day is all about. Uh, those who gave it all, sacrificed it all for us, for our freedoms, uh, that oftentimes, admittedly, we all take for granted too much every single day. So I uh, appreciate all of you. Thanks for being here. Subscribe to the channel. We got those free Heartland College Sports koozies for you. When you do that, send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.